caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown, Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! Fumbles. Ball is loose. There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out. And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven. And he wins. Hey everyone, welcome to Titans Beat, your Tennessee Titans podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Anna Lewis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Joe Lemming. Um, Joe, how are you doing tonight? Doing great, how are you? I'm doing well. So uh, I think we're going to just run through all the breaking news that we've had over the past 48 hours, um, talk a little bit about our game, our shameful game against Cincinnati, and then we will preview the game against the Bears this coming Sunday. So let's go ahead and start with Desmond King. I feel like that's the easiest thing for us to jump into. How are you How are you feeling about that acquisition? So Desmond King was one of my favorite draft prospects coming out of college. I believe it was 2015 was the year that he mm-hmm. came out. Just because that was right after we were going through the horrendous times of like having Darius Raynaud as far as a punt and kick returner. And so he was electric in college, and I thought he would have been awesome to fill our secondary needs because that's when we had guys like uh, Parrish Cox and uh, Bleedy Ray Wilson. So I thought he would have been a perfect fit for us back in 2015. So for the fact that we got him for pretty much nothing at the trade deadline this year, and we still have a Dory Jackson, I, I think it's going to be crucial to bolstering bolstering up our secondary, which is much needed at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And um, you, it's funny you mentioned Blitty. Like, did you see his play this weekend that he had? Yeah. I was like, where was that? Where was yeah. that five years ago, man? Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, but no, I'm excited about him. Um, I was looking through his all of his career stats and everything and looking at his snap counts, and he doesn't get a ton of playing time out in L.A. I think he plays about 50 to 60% of the snaps, which is decent, but it's not, you know, your first or second man up. Um, so in that time, though, he still has had four career interceptions. Two of them were pick sixes. Um, four fumble recoveries, seven and a half sacks, 213 total tackles, and 14 of those are tackles for loss, which he's going to add to that pass rush that everyone's complaining about. Um, That is one of his strengths. And, I mean, for someone who's only getting 50 to 60% of the snaps, those are not bad numbers over, what, three, four years-ish? Yeah, uh, he's definitely – he's a – He's a guy that plays a very, very similar style to Logan Ryan, and we got him for a fraction of the cost, and he's substantially younger. And yeah. uh, you know, if he doesn't even come back, which I, I read this yesterday, if he doesn't come back after this year, we're going to get the comp pick for wherever he signs. So we're essentially traded that sixth-round pick, and we could potentially get a fifth or a fourth back if he leaves us. So oh, I, wow. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't see that. That's really cool to hear, though. And then when you think about it and think back to when Correa said that he didn't want to be a part of the Titans anymore, I, that one caught me off guard when it happened because I was like, he always seemed like he was a good culture fit and he really fit in that locker room. But, I mean, if someone doesn't want to be here, we don't really want him in the locker room because they're only going to bring that culture down. Um, so when we traded him away for a sixth round and then we got Desmond for a sixth round, it's pretty much we got King for Correa and I think we won that win. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. No doubt. Yeah. So um, let's move on to some of the guys that got released. Who do you want to start with there? 
I want to start with Bo Brinkley because I that one I think came to a surprise to a lot of people. Although I think he's been part of our special teams woes the past two weeks. Yeah, I agree. He's been a staple on that uh, special teams unit for years. So I I really didn't expect that. I guess he was just on a short lease. Maybe he was struggling with recovering from COVID. I don't know what it was. But that was one name I did not expect to see uh, get cut. Yeah, yeah, same here. And I think what that tells us, if you trust our GM and our head coach, I think what it tells you is that in that unit where there's been issues that maybe Gaskowski hasn't been a hundred percent that issue. Maybe it's been the way that the ball has been delivered to him. Um, and I mean, maybe they just see something different in another player. I don't know, but that one definitely caught me off guard. My, my jaw dropped when I saw Bo Brinkley got released before Jonathan Joseph. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. And it's something I've noticed the past couple of weeks. And I don't know why I never connected it to Brinkley. But I've noticed a lot of the snaps on the field goals and the punt have been on the ground. Yep. And a lot of the snaps on the punts have been really low. low. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense. And now that it happened, I'm like, okay. But I, it's just, just didn't expect it. It just wasn't time. your first thought. It right. wasn't your first thought when you were watching Gaskowski miss a field goal. Right. So, I, it's definitely interesting. And, you know, that just, that thought right there goes to show you that. There's a reason you and I are sitting here watching games and analyzing games and somebody else is making the calls on who's starting because I would have never thought, oh, let's look at the long snapper. <laughs> and, you know, as silly as this sounds, I I was even surprised by the Jonathan Joseph release. Like, Were I you? Do, I was. A lot of people were calling for his head, justifiably so, because he did not play well. But yeah. our depth at the position is so weak Right now, I didn't think they would make the move to cut him until we had a fully healthy secondary back. But I guess that just bodes really well for the progress of Adori and uh, Desmond King coming in and hopefully uh, getting Christian Fulton back. So we'll we'll see what's going on. I I didn't think they'd cut that depth because depth is hard to come by. Depth is very hard to come by. And I actually was getting a little nervous thinking, okay, who else are they going to cut? Because today just felt really weird. And, like, I don't know, the memes – Titans Twitter, you guys are relentless. Uh, right. <laughs> like, the memes have been unreal today. Um, but, no, with Jonathan Joseph, I think it was time. And I hated – I don't know. People depend on um, PFF way too much for their opinions on players. And he was ranked in, like, the top 25 cornerbacks for the season. And people were like, oh, so he must be doing good. And then they watch him play any game. They're like, oh, he sucks. Cut him. It's like – what which is it guys like and <laughs> i'm confused um but no i i don't think he was producing i think a big part of the reason that game on sunday didn't go well is because not because he's not talented but because he's 36 years old and he's slow i mean he just can't make some of the recoveries that i think desmond king is going to be able to and that adoree jackson will when he gets back um and I, I think you're right i think seeing him get cut makes me feel like we're going to see adoree jackson back on the 53-man roster this week so I think when you look at our depth um, between Bayard, Kenny Vaccaro, um, now you've got Desmond King, you hopefully have a Dory Jackson, and then your subs there are your second string guys are Ty Smith, Christian Fulton, um, some other guys that really step up and do well when they're in the right place, if that makes sense. I say this all the time on Twitter, scheme has so much to do with what's going on with our defense. And it's clear as day that Dean Pease is not there anymore. Um, 
I think we have talented players and we have guys that are smart. I did that whole film breakdown on Ty Smith because he was getting so much hate on Twitter. It's like, no, if you look at what he's doing, he actually is demonstrating a very high football IQ and making the best play possible in the situation he's in. Um, So, I don't know. I wish people would slow down a little bit and look at our secondary from that perspective instead of just, oh, this guy sucks. But I think as far as the Jonathan Joseph stuff, that's probably a fair cut. Um, That one needed to go. (laughs) I agree. It's just I really hope that – I mean, I guess we can't get much worse. But I I think a lot of the scheme that we've been having to play, a lot of soft zone, hasn't really benefited anybody because – they were pretty much just daring teams, okay, take the short stuff, and we're going to try to stop you short of the sticks. And I just think it was really hard to defend when you're giving up, you know, five yards every pass. And it's Yeah. But we'll see. He's yeah, gone, absolutely. and we're going to see how we get better from it. Yeah, that's something that I've noticed looking through the film, too, is, like, you see all of our DBs, and they are – yes, they're playing soft zone, but even when they're in man-to-man coverage, they're seven to ten yards off. Yeah. I just don't get it. Um, so hopefully they get that in check. And I don't know. I, I legitimately don't know when you look at the athletes on that team and then looking at that decision to let them play off that much. I don't understand the connection there. I don't understand the logic. I think they're going to have to play a little bit tighter if they want to be a Super Bowl team. And we all want them to be that. And they have the talent to do it. So hopefully they get down to business and make it happen. <laughs> For sure. And something that you've not seen a lot of because of our lack of coverage is, you know, Kevin under this year, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but Kevin Byard was in on the pass rush a lot. Yeah. And we haven't been able to send anybody from the secondary to blitz because we'd get burnt. So I don't yeah. know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know if it's both. But we'll, we'll see now once we get everybody back healthy in the secondary if we can really unload a little bit more as far as rushing the passer because it should open up some, you know, opportunities for us. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, when you look at the first half of the season every year, um, we've improved greatly on at least our record and overall team performance, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So going into November, we know that this is Derrick Henry time. The winter is coming (laughs) and um, he is going to I mean, we're going to be playing tight and tough football that we're used to. So um I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a really good second half of the season, especially with some of the transactions we've made this week. But let's go ahead and talk briefly about Sunday. I don't want to dwell on it too long because I I was emotionally distraught all day. (laughs) You know, believe it or not, I was a lot less hurt this week than I was against the Steelers. Really? Yeah, because the Steelers, you know, you you hung in, you, you held faith against a really good football team. And it almost paid off, and really that game should have went to overtime, and you felt you got robbed of yeah. you know at least a chance to win. So we just got our butts kicked by Cincinnati. They yeah. tore us apart in every phase of the game, and every single chance that you thought that they had a chance, okay, this is the drive that's going to put them back in it, they'd either just lay flat on defense or turn over the ball. or it, it You had faith, but in the end it, you knew it was improbable and it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, especially with the way the Titans look this year, even in the fourth quarter, I was like, I was pissed. But there was part of me that was like, we can do this. And I don't know why I was thinking that, because they had not shown us all day that they could pull that one out. So um, I agree with you. That one, I I don't know. I 
demoralizing losses are harder for me than that Pittsburgh game because at least I could walk away from the Pittsburgh game and go, you know what? Our defense held Pittsburgh to three points in the second half. We came back. We fought really hard. Yeah, we lost. But we might have another chance to go beat them. Um, Cincinnati, it was just like, we lost to Cincinnati's second string O-line. <laughs> like, what is happening? Um, so just, you got to give your props to Joe Burrow because he had a great game. And I think that was uh, a demonstration of a promising young quarterback. And he'll be a fun one to watch over the years because he doesn't really have that many weapons, but he did a lot with them. So um, I don't know. Sunday was frustrating. It really was. And we didn't look good on any any side of the ball, especially not special teams. Yeah, for sure. The one bright spot was, again, our, our rushing. You know, mm-hmm. it seemed like every, we we couldn't lose when we ran the ball. Just unfortunately, the, the game script kind of flipped there in the second half. And we had to go just straight to throwing the ball. And unfortunately, right. that saw uh, Adam Humphreys get knocked out probably for an extended period of time on that dirty hit. But, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Just not too many positives you can take out of it other than Corey Davis going off and having a game. Looks like he's back to his uh, early season self after coming off the COVID list. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Corey Davis looked really good. And I know A.J. Brown, people will be really quick to say A.J. Brown didn't look good. But defense is planned for him to be wide receiver number one. So you're getting your best back covering A.J. And he's not going to get open every time. Um, he makes plays when he makes plays, and we all get excited for those. He did really well against Pittsburgh. Um, but I think the more A.J. Brown has – like, okay, sorry. So coaching staff's plan in two-week periods, and I don't know that I've ever talked about this on a podcast before, but all you have time to look at is the last two weeks of film. So when you look at the last game that the Bengals were prepping for, A.J. Brown had a great game against Pittsburgh, and they didn't have any film for Corey Davis um, because of the COVID issue. So they were prepping for A.J. They weren't prepping for Corey, and that's why he had the opportunity to go off the way he did. And I think over the season we're going to see the games bounce back and forth. Okay, now we're going to see A.J., now we're going to see Corey. It's just going to go back and forth all season between those two guys. And then, of course, you have – our other receivers and our tight ends to pop in there and make an impact on third down like they always do. So one thing I want to talk about that we didn't get to touch on earlier is the departure of Vic Beasley. He's a guy that had a fully guaranteed $9.5 million contract. And today the Titans said goodbye and showed him the door. Are are you surprised by that at all? I have. So I'm surprised by it from the money aspect. But I'm not surprised from uh, J-Rob, Mike Vrabel, Titans culture aspect. Because there are questions over Vic's career of, does he really love football? And these guys took a risk on him. They paid him a lot of money for what he is. And I wasn't really too thrilled about that contract when it came through because so much of it was guaranteed. And it was a risk. So it was like, you guys basically exposed yourself to where if it doesn't work out, you're screwed. And you have to pay him. So I didn't love the move in the first place. I think it just speaks to how much Vic wasn't a fit here if they were willing to still pay him $9.5 million and let him walk out the door and not produce anymore. I mean, they didn't even say, hey, we're going to put you on practice squad. They said, get out. 
that's what makes me think that there's more to it. Because right. granted, he hasn't showed up a lot this season. He's made a couple plays. Yes. <laughs> I there there had to be some type of locker room. So he didn't want to be here, or there had to be something. And you know, we may never find out with as tight lipped as Vrabel and Robinson are. But right. uh, I, I'm just curious to know what truly would happen because. To pay a guy guaranteed $9.5 million to not get anything back from cutting him, there has to be more to the story. Yeah. Even though a lot of people I expect agree. it in camp when you're you know, midway through the season and then you cut him, the timing's yeah. just off. Yeah, I feel like this is going to be something that five to ten years down the road, one of the former players, like one of the guys that's on the team now, but at the time they'll be a former player. They'll come on a podcast and they'll be exposing, you know, what really went down because we're not going to find out from that staff. You're absolutely right. Um, but there, you're right. There had to be something because that is so much money to just go, okay. And he did, he did make a couple of really good plays. And I think his snap percentage was maybe 30% over the season. So it's not like he had a ton of opportunities. I don't know. Something something smells fishy about that one, but I'm sure we'll find out in due time. <laughs> so do you think that we pick up anybody that might be out there to replace him, or do you think we must, might roll with what we've got? I don't know, because I've been going through people that are available. I mean, obviously the trade deadline passed, so nobody that's on a current team is an option unless they get dropped. Um, the free agents out there, I nobody stood out. Um, I think they're really anticipating Derek Roberson coming back. And one name that has been floated around as a pickup that I don't think is going to happen, but I would be happy about it, is Wesley Woodyard. I loved him. thought he was an incredible leader on our defense. And to lose him and Jarrell Casey in the same offseason was really tough, especially from a leadership aspect in that locker room. So I feel like he would be an easy pickup. He wouldn't be an expensive one. And I think, I think he would just be excited to be back, depending on how things were left when he departed. So I don't, that's, that's my theory. What about you? I think that would be a good pickup. Wesley Woodyard was kind of the mic of the defense. He kept yeah. everybody in position. So I think that would be great from a leadership role. I've also seen... Uh, Clay Matthews thrown around a little bit. I don't know if he yeah. wants to come back this season. I wouldn't be too upset with that. No. So, uh, <laughs> but I, I would love to have Woodyard back. He was crucial to a lot of you know successful defenses that we've had here in Tennessee. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, I, I would not be upset if we're hopping on a call next week doing a podcast talking about Woodyard coming back <laughs> and playing against Indianapolis on Thursday night. I wouldn't be upset. <laughs> There's your prediction. I right also there. wouldn't be upset about Clay Matthews. So <laughs> I just knew he felt he when uh, he played for the Rams, he he fell off a little bit, and I don't know if his desire to keep playing kind of tapered off yeah. a bit. Yeah, definitely a possibility, and I think you know you see that with players more often than not. Um, so I don't know. I I follow uh, Woodyard on social media, and I'm sure you do too. Mm-hmm. Looks like he's enjoying his his retirement. So I don't know if he come back I out. Don't know. I I think when they didn't bring him back, oh he was salty. Left, he, I think he's still salty. He's still he's like dropping little little bits of shade on the on the timeline every now and then. So you know I, what? You're right. I've seen some shade. But uh, so, I, 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 I think he would come back with open arms if they if they'd have him. Do you do you think that he left with hard feelings against the organization? 
No, I, I don't think so because you know he he still fought, he still pulls for the boys, so I I think he's still a titan at heart. It's just okay. hard to kind of be forced to hang up the cleats before you're ready, and I think that's kind of absolutely. Kind of so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, if they bring him back, I'd be excited. And I think you would see what we need out of that defense. There's been so many missed assignments. There's been so many miscommunications. And he absolutely kept them together. So, yes, I would welcome that with open arms for sure. But let's go ahead and transition into talking about Chicago. I actually just got off um, its Bears Essential Pod on Twitter. Um, and I'll tag them in a post here soon so you guys can go give them a follow but hopped on the show with those guys talked about the game from a bears perspective so now i'm really eager to talk about it from a titans perspective how are you feeling about sunday i really don't know how to feel right now because i I felt really confident going into this sunday so right or this last sunday but you know their defense is going to be a good test as long as ryan Tannehill calms down a little bit I yeah. think we should be fine. He's looked a little <laughs> off balance the last two weeks. Um, as long as he can get back on his feet steady, I think we should pull out a win. That offense does not scare me at all. Nick mm-hmm. Foles doesn't scare me. Uh, Allen Robinson scares me a little bit. But other than that, bit. Their, their defense doesn't scare me. Anthony Miller, uh, he, he's a consistent guy. He's a consistent depth wide receiver. But this should be a game the Titans win as long as they can put up points. Yeah. Now, with uh, the Wim suspension, Javon Wims being suspended for throwing a punch against New Orleans, that was, you know, a punch. that was a meme. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, yeah, just a punch, multiple yeah, punches. He just, went just, off on that dude. Just a punch. No, it, it was bad. It was egregious. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I was surprised he's only suspended for two games, to be completely honest with you. Don't know what was said. Don't know the story. It's whatever. It is what it is. Um got to control yourself a little bit because reactions always are the ones to get caught and to get flags. So that's just an example of that. But he has 112 rating for the year for 2020. Now he's not a frequent target, but I think when you look at our secondary woes, somebody like Wims could have done some damage. And I think Chicago knows that. So this wasn't a good suspension for them and definitely not good timing. Um, He, he's, Absolutely not their number one target. Um, But he does go and make an impact when he needs to. And if we don't have King ready to go on Sunday, if a Dory Jackson is a bad Sunday, Wims would have had a game. But now we'll never know. (laughs) I think we're going to get a heavy dose of David Montgomery this week. Especially if they they watch what uh, Giovanni Bernard did to us last week. I think they're going to feed David Montgomery. Yeah, I agree. And I legitimately do not understand why our run defense is struggling this year because Jeffrey Simmons and Daquan Jones eat up the middle all the time. So I don't get, I don't get our pass rush issues. I don't get our run stop issues. We are a talented front seven and I just don't, it's so frustrating to watch because it's like, you guys are good. You guys are good and you're playing bad play calls for them. Yeah, we've been top in the league as far as rush defense goes for years yeah. now. So. And Jadavian Clowney, a lot of people think that we brought him in to rush the passer, which we did. But he specializes at, at stuffing the run. Yes. So you're, you're right. It it doesn't make much sense how we're struggling so much. Yeah. I don't know if it's, we're just not 
if we're getting pushed around or if we're just not wrapping up, I your guess is as good as mine. They have not looked good stopping the rush. Yeah, I just real quick because it popped in my head and this is not on our game plan, but I wanted to see if you ever got a second to look at that um, that press conference from yesterday that Mike Rabel did. Did you get a chance to watch that? So he was asked some tough questions, and um, he was asked about, you know, do you think that J.D. Clowney is having, you know, doubts or issues because of that one play where he didn't wrap up and didn't get the sack? You know what I'm talking about. We all know what we're talking about here. Mike Frable was like, <laughs> he said, what? <laughs> he said, nobody's worried about one play. Like, it was, so, he was so snarky on Monday. It was hilarious. And I ate up every minute of it because Mike Frable doesn't show his personality a lot. But when you push his buttons, he's like, um, oh, are you excited that you're getting to ask two questions today instead of one? Got it. Like, to be respectful. So, I think it's funny when people around the league say, oh, Vrabel doesn't have a personality. He does. He just hides it really well. And we get very a sneak Belichick peek every like. once in a while. Very, <laughs> very Belichick. And he hates being called that, but, I, I mean, he's everybody. so heavily influenced by him. But um, on the offensive side of the ball for Sunday, I think that Ryan, like, you're absolutely right, Ryan Tannehill has to calm down. He has to make better decisions. One thing that I did see from him that I liked, that a lot of people will be like, Anna, you liked that? Tannehill is very reserved. He plays reserved. I honestly think it's like PTSD or something from Miami. He is afraid to throw an interception, and it keeps him from making plays. There are opportunities he has had where it's like, AJ could go grab that, Corey could go grab that, but he won't throw it because he's scared. Now, that interception he threw on Sunday, I think was an example of him trying to thread the needle. And in my opinion, AJ could have stepped the ball. But that, I didn't, obviously you don't want an interception, but I don't hate that he tried that. So I hope that he continues to be more confident. Um, That obviously did not end up going in our favor, but it gives me a little glimpse of hope that he's going to grow and continue to increase his confidence. What do you think? What is your take on my take there? Because I know it's not a popular one. I I'm gonna have to disagree. Okay. That that was the first, and I I don't know I don't think many people have realized this, unless I'm recollecting wrong. That's the first time we've lost back-to-back games with Ryan Tannehill as our starter. So I don't want to see him take those chances because what has made that's him fair. so successful is that he's protected the ball, and I've watched that play over and over again a couple times now. And I don't even see the slightest opening to where he could have fit that ball in. Right. And, and then he did it again, two plays in a row, on the other end of the field, trying to he force did. a play to happen. Stop. <laughs> if it's not there, throw it away. You've got Derrick Henry. You hand the ball off to him once, yep. he's gonna, he can get you five, six yards, get you into a second medium, third medium, and let you pick up the first down. Just move down the ball down the field. Score, take your shots when you got them, and take your points. That's what's made you. That's what got you to the AFC Championship game. That and Derrick Henry. So yeah, but is that what kept us from winning the AFC Championship game? No, <laughs> pass front stopped <laughs> us from winning. Those. All right, yeah, yeah, we're not gonna go. <laughs> I just wanna, because for me, and I know you're in the same boat. It's like we've got a taste of that AFC Championship. I want to win it. I want to go to the Super Bowl, and I want to win the Super Bowl, and. I still am not 100% a believer in Ryan Tannehill, as crazy as that is. 
I need to see him in the playoffs again. I need to see him in the playoffs again, Joe. Lamar Jackson's a great regular season quarterback. How does he look in the post? You know what I mean? How many wins does he have in the postseason? Did he have Derrick Henry, though? Ingram. Not the same. Don't do that. <laughs> he had a defense. Yeah, he does. Our defense was good last year. Our defense was really solid last year. I honestly I didn't realize how much of an impact Jarrell Casey made until he was gone. The combination of him and Woodyard leaving, um, I think from a culture standpoint, were huge, but also just from their impact on the field. Our defense is not the same. So... I don't know, but I'm looking forward to Sunday's game. Um, hoping I'll be there. I'm trying to see if I can get some tickets. So um, you're going to be there, right? You go to all of them. Yeah, always. always. Okay, so you guys be on the lookout for Joe on Sunday if you're going to the game. He'll be there. <laughs> can you believe that it's going to be 70 degrees? What? It's going to be 75 degrees this Sunday as we're sitting at a high of like 30 today or 35 or whatever or low 35 today, and we're going to be oh 75 on Sunday. Not going to be December like, but we'll see if you can put up numbers. <laughs> We're getting close. We're getting close to that. I'm not worried about – I think he'll be able to run on Chicago. They do have a solid defense, but I still think Derrick Henry is going to go in angry and run. He got challenged some on Sunday with some other people making plays. So, Khalil Mack I don't know. He said what? Khalil Mack terrifies me. Yeah. Yep. So he does me too. He's really talented. And it's somebody I wish was on my team actually. But um, I don't have anything else for tonight. I know we wanted to talk about our contest, but did you have anything to add before we jump into that? No, I think we, unless you want to throw a prediction out there. Oh my gosh. I hate predictions. So I said on that other show I was on tonight, 28-24 Titans. But I think it's going to be a little bit lower than that. I think it's probably going to be 24-21 Titans. I think it's going to be close. It's going to be closer than I'm comfortable with. I think Bears put up 17. And I think it's going to be 17 to 23. Tight. Okay. I don't hate that. So Most we'll see. Game. There you, Bet yep. the under. Hammer the under. Bet the under for sure. <laughs> I agree. Um, well, I guess that'll be it content-wise. But you guys definitely want to stay tuned because Joe and I have a little competition for you. Joe, do you want to? T- you're the one offering this up, so I'm going to let you go for it. All right, so as everybody knows, this is our first show together, uh, and uh, we're really looking for a brand to rally around, and we want to leave that to you guys, the fans. So I want you guys to either DM me or Anna a show name for us, and if we choose your show name, I'm going to give you $50 worth of gift cards to the Titans locker room. Uh Uh-oh, that's that's not bad. You could get this... uh... This jacket I've got on, it's a great windbreaker that a lot of you ask questions about on Twitter when I've posted a picture in it. So that's not bad at all. So, yeah, guys, any name ideas? We have been trying to think of one, and we have a couple ideas. But I think, you know, we could all rally around. If you come up with something as a fan, we could rally around something together because you know the Titans as well as we do, and we can really put together a cool name and cool branding. Um, so definitely DM one of us with your name ideas. We'll be announcing this on Twitter as well. So, um Go check us out on Twitter. We're at SIA Titans Beat. And then I myself am at Anna underscore Lewis 35. And you're at Joe Lemming, correct? Yep, super simple. L-E-M-I-N-G. Yep. Only one M. Don't put two M's in my last so, name. Please. 
So easy. I love it. Well, that's all we have for you guys tonight. Thank you so much for tuning into our first episode. This will be the first of hopefully many, many more. Um, looking forward to getting some guests on here and some names you might recognize. So looking forward to a great season and hopefully celebrating Victory Monday next week. Tighten up.